Morning Show with Declan Meehan. Uh, journalist Maria Delaney, who is working with uh, Noteworthy on thejournal.ie, has been looking at access to public transport, ongoing obstacles to accessibility. Accessibility is something we speak to many people about on the programme, especially when it comes to booking places on buses or access to trains. To tell us more about her work, we're joined by journalist Maria Delaney. Morning, Maria. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Declan. Thanks for having me on. Good morning to you. So what was the premise of uh, your starting point of this? Yes, yeah, so Noteworthy is a crowdfunded investigative platform. So we actually get suggestions from the public to, for ideas to investigate. So um, this was something that someone sent into us to investigate when will public transport be accessible for people, for disabled people. And um, I suppose that was the premise of, we, we did four articles in the series and the last article tried to answer that question and unfortunately we didn't get a clear answer from most of the transport bodies and, and government departments on this. So it's still unclear when, say for example, all trains, buses will be fully accessible for people. And how would that be measured? I mean, what sort of things that would be there that are not there now? Yeah, so I suppose one of the big issues at the moment is infrastructure. So if you look at trains, most actual physical trains are accessible once you're on them, but it's the actual physical getting on the train. So when you think of, say, the Lewis in Dublin, it, you can just, um, it's called level access, so you can go onto the Lewis without any ramps, whereas with um, DART and trains in Ireland, you need to have someone there to put a ramp down to get on the train. So that's obviously not uh, fully accessible without assistance and without a notice period at the moment of four hours for the dart and 24 hours for the train, which disabled people say isn't good enough. It, it isn't um, giving them equal access to transport and it has a lack of spontaneity. And then in terms of buses, um, there's often only one wheelchair space on a bus. So if you're a wheelchair user, you have to give bus air in 24 hours notice for the kind of the rural and the intercity kind of buses. Most buses in um, cities now are level access, so they have a, an automatic ramp that you can use to get onto it. We heard uh, some strange one. Now, I'm sure it's been resolved. I mean, I haven't heard anything about it, but it was a couple of years ago when there was, uh, inverted commas, improvement to the footpath done somewhere along a bus route in East Wicklow. And it had been raised in some way that made it impossible for a wheelchair, actually, or a wheelchair user to get onto the bus. I mean, it was pretty mad at the time. Uh, and it was just that unthinking side yeah. of it. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of disabled people told us. And I suppose this, this investigation is kind of led by disabled people we spoke to. We looked into issues they had. And bus stop is a huge issue, in particular in rural Ireland, where... The, again, the buses are accessible, but it's that the, you can't actually get on the bus because the bus stop isn't. So it, it's just, um, there's there's a lag now between having accessible equipment in terms of buses and trains, but not actually having the infrastructure to get on the, the buses or trains. So it, it must, it's very frustrating for people we spoke to who know that, say, they're serviced by an accessible bus, but they can't actually get on it because of the bus stop. So it's this kind of joined up thinking. And we had um, someone, Kieran Delaney, who said that 
whenever councils are doing these kind of developments, they need to think about the transport, the bus stops, the, you know, accessibility and, and kind of, as you're saying, joint up thinking in this way. Mm. And we've heard of, of uh, some of our listeners being stuck on the bus. They were promised a ramp, maybe to get off in Bray or something, but the person to put out the ramp wasn't there. There was some misunderstanding and they were sort of left sitting on the train. Or even worse, a train that moved further on to Greystones and they ended up in Greystones. You know, it's just... Yeah, uh, and that's actually, yeah. that is a common problem. One of the top um, kind of accessibility-related complaints to Irish Rail, so we, we got them um, through FOI, or issues at ramp and wheelchair assistance. So issues like that where people are stranded on the train, they, they don't have anyone to take them off, and they end up in great times. And sometimes issues like the lift being broken down and then having to go on to the next stop, come back around, and, and like it obviously makes their journey so much longer. Um, and I, suppose I know that May, um, your last caller, was talking about taxis, and that's actually something we looked into as well. It's, it's a huge issue in terms of accessibility, um, and we found that um, over 70% of accessibility-related complaints in terms of taxis were in terms of drivers refusing to take guide dogs and assistant dogs or wheelchair users. So actually, that's a, an issue I suppose I hadn't been aware of before looking into this, that people would be, again, less stranded because taxis wouldn't show up, or if they did show up, they'd refuse to take them. So that's Again, something that um, a lot of people highlighted to us. Yes, I remember years ago talking about uh, the, what were called the Barcelona Principles, which was access to all, which was just people to go into a shop the same as anybody else. So there's been a lot of uh, what we call wheelchair ramps being installed in the meantime, probably not uh, comprehensively across, but at least an improvement. So um, what's it like, before we get on to maybe uh, uh, Anne Rabbit and her duties and all this, or or responsibilities, what about other countries? Do any countries do it right? So there are um, some countries with, uh, it's kind of a mixed bag. So say, for example, um, London, so they they have a, a very high number of wheelchair accessible taxis, yet their underground is has a low number of, of wheelchair accessibility in terms of stops and, and I suppose if you think about it all the stairs and everything and not, and not all of them would have lift access to platforms so that's kind of a mixed bag um, if you look at um, other cities around Europe um, again like it, it's there's there's not a huge, huge number that would have full accessibility and, and I suppose most of them might have accessibility in one way or the other so it, it, we're not like fully there I suppose as the EU one thing that I did look at is the notice period so the so at the moment as I was saying it's 24 hours for intercity trains and buses and four hours for the DART um, so that's actually kind of in line with new EU regulations which say 24 hours but again across Europe it varies some have um, level access so you don't need any notice period and others have even more of a notice period, so we might have a two-day notice period. But I think the thing is that um, in Ireland, everyone just wants, like the stable people we were talking to wanted to know when is this going to be resolved. And, and I suppose the NTA, like in answer to that question, said it's dependent on funding and um, of the region of 328 million over the next number of years. But there was... I suppose it's the frustration of a lack of a target date 
Um, there doesn't seem to be any um, anything that will happen if it doesn't become accessible within a certain date or something like that. So I suppose that is where the frustration mm. would lie as well. We must give a mention to Dublin Bus and the Lewis, uh, certainly, and uh, I, I used the buses quite a lot, and there was, after much uh, campaigning, there were sort of the, those lower floor things at, at bus stops where, where people could a- yeah. access to the bus. The difficulty could be if there was somebody already there, or it was uh, packed out with prams or boogies or whatever the situation, uh, but uh, at least they've done something in Dublin Bus. Yeah, exactly. Like, as you're saying, like, there, there is an issue that one wheelchair user can use it. So, I suppose if you're traveling with friends, you can't, and um, that are also wheelchair users, or if a buggy is there, some people reported them, people are refusing to fold buggies and, and that kind of thing. But, yes, they have, um, they can, you can go onto a bus with no notice period. The same with the Lewis, and the Lewis was um, highly regarded by wheelchair users in particular, especially with the level access. And there have been improvements in recent years, like there is a lift improvement program um, in Irish Rail where they are upgrading um, lifts across the network. But um, again, um, these um, they're doing partial upgrades on some, some lifts and activists are saying that these partially upgraded lifts are now breaking down and Irish Rail did confirm to us that there have been, that some of these lifts have been the subject of vandalism and are breaking down. So. Again, it, it seems to be um, just like those ongoing issues in that regard as well. Now, I see you contacted the Minister Responsible for Disability, Anne Rabbit, and you asked about uh, transportation for people with disabilities, and you were told, it's not my department. I, I had to read that a few times, because I was looking at it and I was saying, well, let's extend that, and say, what about better payment uh, for people with disability? Ah, no, that wouldn't be my department, that'd be social welfare. All oh, right. Uh, uh, what about uh, infrastructure uh, on transport? Oh, you want to be talking to finance there about that one. Yeah, it seemed that if you're Minister for Disability, you could stay at home because everything seems to be somebody else's responsibility. Am I being fair? Um, well, when I spoke to Anne Rabbit, I suppose that was in particular in terms of the date. But yeah, like it does seem that there is, um, you know, that there is a, a wide variety of departments you can um, delegate to. Um, when, I, when I was speaking to the Minister, she did say that she intends to work with say, the Department of Transport or the Department of Social Welfare on these issues and um, to, to try and highlight them. Um, and in terms of it not being her department, I suppose the budget isn't in her department, so her implication was that she can advocate for it. But um, again, like I'm, I'm not sure if, if disabled people would be completely happy with that response. But um, one thing that um, Anna Robert did tell me was that she she's, has... Um, a number of priority areas, including housing and employment. Um, transport isn't one of her priority areas, but she did say that it flows across all of the other priority areas because you can't get your employment without transport, you can't get your house without transport, so it kind of is intertwined within it all. But um, I suppose it isn't one of her four main um, priority areas, um, I suppose, per se, but that was... Um, that was kind of the main response, but she, yeah, but I suppose she doesn't tend to work with other departments. Yeah, I don't know if that's good enough, really, to be honest, which I think you should be, you know, calling to their house at 11 o'clock. Michael McGrath, come on, we need something, public expenditure here, I've got people that I want to help. 
you know, and you're not giving me the money. Or talking to um, other departments of government, you need somebody loud um, for people with disabilities. They've been discriminated against for years. Yeah. One thing that um, I know that a lot of disabled people did tell me about Anne Rabbit was that she she has been very good at um, listening to people, listening to disabled people and having meetings with disabled people's organisations, um, I suppose, rather than service providers. So um, I suppose that one of the biggest things with um, that I've had from feedback was the lack of consultation with disabled people overall so I suppose they were happy with her that way but um, in terms of the National Transport Authority, the NTA, so they're in charge of um, kind of rolling out public transport across Ireland and the lack of early consultation with disabled people was a huge issue for people like they just I suppose one big um, thing that we highlighted early like earlier on in the investigation is that there was over there was two million euro in funding for a project on training for disabled people in terms of transport and no disabled or um, people's organizations or disability advocates were consulted prior to the approval it, it, it's an it's a project that was um, with the NCBI for so the National Council for the Blind but they were the only ones that actually um, were were talked to or kind of Liaise with before the funding announcement, so it, it's these kind of issues. So that's just one example of the lack of early consultation um, of of the need for transport or what people want to prioritise. In that case, um, a lot of people didn't think that money should have been spent in that area and instead spent in a different area. So it, it's this kind of like again, nothing about us without us. Um, that is the, the mantra that you hear again and again and, and it doesn't seem to be happening kind of at the early stages of design for transport here. Well, well done in all your work uh, there, Maria Delaney. M- Maria is part of Noteworthy, which in turn is part of Journal.ie, and that's available online to read all about uh, disability and access to transport. Nice to talk to you, Maria. Thanks for giving us your time this morning. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks very much, Stephen.